Hello and welcome to the Court of Alex podcast. I'm Joe, and here today I am joined by V. Hi. Muse. Hello. And our special guest, E. Hello. And that's right, that is the name, the, the literal letter E. So, in this episode, we are talking about the DC Fandom, the giant international online comic convention that DC Comics did over the course of two parts because it was just so huge they could not cram it in to the original 24 hours that they had originally planned. And since they just finished wrapping up their second part this past weekend, now sounds like a good time to talk about everything that kind of came out of that. So... With that out of the way, we are going to start with part one. And the first thing that we have is The Batman, Matt Reeves' newest film that is set to be coming out in 2021. What we got to see was a beautiful trailer from Matt Reeves. We saw more of Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne and Batman. We got to see Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle, Catwoman. Bentley Wright's Jim Gordon, Colin Farrell's Penguin. It was absolutely amazing. I really loved this trailer. I got so hyped for this thing. I want to say I watched this trailer at least five or ten times. We also had another character that was introduced (laughs) in this trailer. (laughs) I am going to leave the soapbox on the ground, and I'm going to have our special guest E take the floor. I am going to crawl onto the soapbox. Okay. So I'm going to just start off by saying, obviously, like, we've only seen a tiny bit of what this movie is going to be, so I'm hoping that I'm going to be pleasantly surprised. But like, so the Riddler, a character well-beloved, especially by me, (laughs) I, I very much heavily, like, relate to this character. And so, like, obviously, I'm very picky with how he's portrayed because, you know, there's a lot more to the rogues than just their little like themes and stuff like poison ivy wouldn't be poison ivy without the fact that she thinks that the way to save the world is to get rid of humanity not just the fact that she likes plants and harley quinn wouldn't be harley quinn without the fact that she has her background in psychology and she's had to like work to where she is now and then winds up falling into the pit that she's in. So for Riddler, his whole backstory thing is the fact that like normally he's been belittled or like has had his ideas stolen to the point where he can't take it anymore. He feels like he has to prove himself at any cost. So far this movie seems to be going the route of changing that and making his motive be some sort of anti-corruption thing and the problem with that combined with the fact that i've noticed a lot of times they're trying to modernize these villains by like making all of them be serial killers (laughs) it just doesn't click it makes them all interchangeable i mean there's plenty of gotham rogues who their motive is thing to do with i want to get rid of corruption i think that the government here is bad or i think that the police force here is bad and you don't have to change a character's motive to make them modernized i mean riddler's motive being the fact that his stuff gets stolen and he gets belittled is definitely modernized there are so many artists that are constantly having their stuff stolen and posted on pinterest without their permission so like It's relatable. (laughs) I feel like the fact that all the rogues have different morals and different 
drives and different things that push them makes them more interesting characters. And so changing that just feels more like either making it as if it's your OC or making it making them all feel interchangeable. And one thing that I hear a lot within the fan base is people saying things about how the Riddler is just a Joker ripoff. And I'm worried that this movie is going to like feed into that, especially because like mm-hmm. I remember what the Nolan trilogy <laughs> did for Joker. I remember what happened with Joker fans after that. I don't want this to be a repeat of that. I mean, of course, I make fan art and I cosplay the Riddler a lot, and I've already had like fans approach me at cons or whatever being that sort of fan (laughs) that are like the sort that kind of you know harass a little bit or something who are like rude and i'm worried about that along with the fact that okay so they show a riddle in the trailer that's like the kind of introduction to riddler in the trailer they're showing a riddle and it's not even a riddle it's a joke it literally when you solve the riddle it it reads what does a liar do if he's dead he lies still that's not a riddle that's not some clue to solve to get to the next clue it's a joke and that's why i'm worried they're just going to make it the nolan joker with riddler paint over it that's a good point nice shabby yeah i definitely agree with all of that I'm definitely not a fan of how they are trying to make Riddler a little more, like, menacing, more serious, because I 100% agree with you. Like, I do not picture the, the Riddler like that. And I know even, like, when we've spoken about the Riddler a couple times, he's not that guy that is going to start, like, murdering people. And yeah, he's like a C-list in, like, villain. some <laughs> ways. I don't know. Overall, I am still super excited for this movie. Mm-hmm. Like. Pattinson looks great in the Batman costume. Then again, like, also to kind of set the scene... It is Batman's second year in Gotham City. This is also apparently going to be following the plot for the Long Halloween story arc, which Mm -hmm. I believe was a storyline from the 90s for Batman. Not 100% sure on that. Weirdly, mostly features uh, Scarecrow, but we haven't seen anything of Scarecrow in this yet. Mm -hmm. But I know they're still in production. And according to Matt Reeves, from interviews, it seems like there's going to be more villains seen in here. He's, yeah. he's trying to flesh out his rogues gallery. Like, mm-hmm. Penguin's here, but he might not play as big of a role as Riddler. He might just be there, like, setting the stage for potential other stuff, potential other mm-hmm. rogue. I, I've never read The Long Halloween. I know it's, like, one of the best uh, Batman I stories. Either. I know. <laughs> I, I need to, but... Um, I really hope that they focus more on like the detective side of things with Batman, which might be what they're hinting at with the solving the riddle- riddles mm-hmm. of Riddler and all of that, because we've never seen detective Batman. We always no. see Batman just yeah. using his gadgets and punching and fighting things. I think Pattinson's a good Batman for that uh, because he's not overly gritty. He's just, He's just a guy, and I'm going to defend Robert Pattinson uh, when it comes to his acting. He's actually a very good and incredible actor. We are not looking at Twilight because it is garbage, and he <laughs> hated that film. I think Pattinson's going to do a great job with this, and I'm oh, I'm so looking forward to it. It just mm-hmm. instilled some hope with DC movies with me. I wanted to weigh in on the Riddler bit. like So here's my idea, E. Here's what I think is going to happen. So we have the introduction where he's like, 
uh, you know, what does a liar do when he's dead? He lies still. Wasn't mm-hmm. that what it was? Yeah. I'm looking at the rubric, right? And it's really mm-hmm. clear to see, like, that that's what it is in code. And so it could just be one of those easy things that you do to set up the code so someone has to solve it later on, which I've done to people before. <laughs> so it could just be a trap. Like, if you remember the Riddler from, like, like the Adam West series, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. This guy, he wasn't a homicidal maniac per se, but, you yeah. know, even Catwoman was a was totally cool with murder in that one. So Riddler would have, like, you know, didn't he have a maze where he's just like, yeah, you die or you don't. Yeah. Sounds like uh, <laughs> the '90s Batman, also the cartoon, same same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't seem very like crazy homicidal, dangerous, which is why he usually gets put in jail in not. Yeah, Arkham. but <laughs> he can't really swing the crazy. I think that was him in the trailer that's duct taping some dude, and I'm like, yeah. uh, that doesn't feel like Ed. Mm-hmm. That's what everybody is uh, suspecting that it, it that's the Riddler. But again, like what Muse said. They are um, going to be showing a lot of the rogues gallery, not just in this movie, but in Matt Reeves' um, HBO Max show, which is going to be focusing on the first year of Batman. You're not going to see Batman, but it's going to be focusing more on what the GCPD has to deal with in Gotham City. Yeah. And they're going to be mentioning Batman and whatnot, but you're not going to be seeing him. It's probably going to be like, you know, a silhouette on the top of the building or something like that. But they are going to be trying to flush out all these other rogues and whatnot before this movie comes out. I am very excited, honestly, because Zack Snyder did so much damage to DC. (laughs) And I'm just so excited to see it getting some redemption, you know? Mm -hmm. I want to see a different version of Batman. I want to see, like, a sane person take a stab at Gotham for a change. And just, like, build it up. Because Mm -hmm. if you look at Gotham and the insanity that is that world... It makes the rogues make sense. It makes yeah. Batman yeah. make sense. And sometimes so. you do need more than those two hours to really like understand, like, this is how the city needs to function. Even Nolan spent way too much time at Bruce Wayne's manor. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Yeah. you don't learn about the city mm-hmm. inside talking to Alfred. We need to go out there... <laughs> And see what these nut jobs are doing in the street. Yeah, you don't learn about Gotham by being in the safest house in all of Gotham in the rich neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of Nolan's Batman, can we please appreciate the voice that Pattinson is doing for Batman? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Breath of fresh air. Oh, everybody's like waiting for that moment. Like, yes, we see him. We can look at a picture, but what does he sound like? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. He doesn't go and put that weird bale house moving castle. (laughs) House moving castle. No, seriously. Like, if I recall, fifty marbles in his mouth. Yeah. (laughs) I think in an interview said his Batman voice was influenced by Howl when he was all, like, bird for me and was like, like, get away no! from me. I'm not kidding! No! You go back oh, go back and rewatch Howl's Moon yeah. Castle, or at least rewatch that scene where Sophie finds him, like, upset, yeah. and it's Batman! Mm-hmm. It's Batman! It's, <laughs> it's actually oh. clearer than Batman, but it's still... I had, I had beef with him in that because I wanted a Welsh <laughs> accent. In the book, he's a Welsh character. They get a yeah. Welsh actor to play a Welsh character, and he does his freaking American psycho voice. And I'm like, that's. <laughs> he doesn't sound Welsh at all. Okay, but you also gotta consider now we also know 
but it's also Batman saying, I don't want to live if I'm not beautiful. <laughs> it does sound like a Bruce Wayne thing to it say. Does. It lie. does. I, I love Hal so much. Um, but yeah, I'll say what I will about how concerned I am about how Riddler is going to be in this movie, but I am really looking forward to Pattinson. Like, <laughs> all these people bringing up Twilight, if you want to bring up his earlier movies, bring up Harry Potter. Yes. Yeah. Sedgwick. I think he was in, I think it was Lighthouse is another film. Yes, Lighthouse with Willem Dafoe. Yep. Um, Water for Elephants, also a great film. Mm. There's a couple of other things in his repertoire. I think after Twilight, he was like, I'm going to go take a break. I need to Mm -hmm. step away from it. It's no different than like Chris Evans trying to be like, I'm going to go do other things besides being Captain America and immediately did Knives Out. So it's like, this is him stepping into a role that's like, I want to do something cool. I want to do something that's, Mm-hmm. Not Twilight. Well, and I think it's a good comparison to Chris Evans because nobody talks about his horrible, horrible performance. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. Everyone talks about oh, Captain God, America. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so final thoughts on Batman. Oh, I think I'm excited. I'm definitely gonna watch it at least once. Oh, I'm I'm really looking forward to this. Um just hopefully get Detective Batman possibly don't know that is actually going to be the main focus from matt reeves uh, article and e final thoughts i am excited for every part that isn't riddler's part (laughs) i'm concerned (laughs) for riddler's part (laughs) i still will say oh just that initial uh beginning couple seconds when batman is walking into the investigation scene and then just a slow cut to him you finally get to see him walk up in that suit Oh my yeah. god. Great. And also you just see this concern and confusion on his face of like, oh shit, what did I just get myself into? Because he's mm-hmm. probably just been fighting mm-hmm. like basic crime on the street for the past two years. And I think this might be like where all the his crazy, this is where all the crazy start to come mm-hmm. out of the woodwork mm-hmm. now. And he's like, oh no, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> Bruce is like, I wasn't ready. And we will stay tuned in 2021 for that. <laughs> And now, on to our next one, Black Adam, Mm. which is going Mm. long-awaited since Man of Steel came out, actually, a year after Man of Steel. So this is 2014. Dwayne The Rock Johnson was casted as Black Adam. And then it was just put on the back burner for years and years until finally we get this little introduction. The way that the trailer played out was uh, Dwayne Johnson gave a voiceover summary of his Black Adam and just like the initial lowdown of the plot and then afterwards it was followed by an hour-long uh, Q&A alongside Noah Centino who is the actor who is going to be playing Adam Smasher. Adam Smasher for those of you who don't know he was a member of the Justice Society of America. So the background for Black Adam he was a slave that he got turned into Black Adam, and then he was imprisoned for his actions for 5,000 years, and now he is released. And he basically is going to do some anti-hero type of justice going on. You got to see the concept art of him, of Dwayne Johnson, in the costume. You also got the teasing for JSA, uh, not only by Noah Centino, and it is still set for 2021. I do like The Rock. He is another one of those actors, though, that you are not necessarily getting the specific character they are playing, but you are getting Dwayne The Rock Johnson dressed up as a specific character. (laughs) I mean, I felt the same way about Zachary Levi. Like, (laughs) 
<laughs> with this one though, like I am really excited to see more of what the JSA is going to be doing in this. It was a definite shock to hear like they are going to be bringing in these golden age heroes. Mm-hmm. I'm still very confused how this is tying into the DCEU, if at all, because the (laughs) outfit looks very similar to Shazam's Mm -hmm. from the movie, which I understand Mm. makes sense, and they did tease Black Adam in Shazam when they were talking about, like, the first hero before him. Yep, they did mention him in just kind of more as, like, a warning for Billy, and I'm Mm -hmm. with you, I'm like, how is this gonna fit in? You could easily have him just show up all of a sudden, and Billy being like, who the heck are you? And he was like, I'm the yeah. champion. It's like, oh, he's you're the guy the wizard warned me about. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Bam! Like, he just gets punched. But, like, it, that's kind of usually how they meet in the comics, kind of. Like, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. Adam's just there. But when I heard a long time ago that The Rock was casted, I was like, okay, I can I can see it. I, he's, a, mm-hmm. he's a good actor, but he falls into, like, certain roles very easily, and he doesn't really get out of them with his acting yeah there's a lot of pain and sadness in that guy there is a lot and honestly (sighs) between his backstory and just how i've seen him in the comics black adam is probably one of my favorite i wouldn't even call him a villain really because like he's kind of has that same concept as sinestro Mm -hmm. where you know it's like i will do whatever i have to to keep my people safe yeah Mm-hmm. Those are my favorite type of like villains. So Black Adam, Sinestro, Ocean Master, even mm-hmm. like once in a while. <laughs> but I don't know what the plot like. What is this plot gonna be? Like they didn't I, give us that. I don't know. They, All they gave was the backstory. Like, of, yeah. Like, after five thousand years of imprisonment, he's finally released. After five thousand and... years, I am free. <laughs> it is time to conquer. Earth. Sorry. <laughs> I thought it was a really great idea to, like, release it this way because they clearly were not ready. And they're not even ready for a teaser. They probably don't have a lot of the plot solidified. I really wonder (laughs) if it was a lot of, like, The Rock went to them. It's like, listen, you've had me on this contract since 2014. If I'm not getting in a photo shoot soon for this, I'm walking out. Didn't he actually commission the art that was made of him in the suit? Did he? I don't know. I don't know. I think I heard that he had because he really wanted to see it. And I was like, oh, that's kind of (laughs) sad. How would that work if DC would have their own concept? No, it was like he had had went to some, like, I don't know. I might be misremembering, but I seem to remember that he was like, oh, I really want to see this. So I'm going to, I found this artist who I like the art style and I'm going to commission. And I was like, what? That's just sweet. (laughs) I I love that. That's a rock. Yeah. He may be called The Rock, but he's a big softy. Oh, yeah. But I will say, so with the Justice Society, the confirmed members are um, Adam Smasher, which I said, Noah Centino. You have Our Man, and you have both Hawkman and Hawk Girl. And I believe Alan Scott is rumored, huh. as well as Jay Garrick. Oh, weren't they also saying Dr. Fate and Cyclone? Yes, oh. yes. But based off the fact that there's so many like JSA people... I would not be surprised if this is not in continuity at all, or this takes place like way before, like way before, or it's on Earth too. So yeah, you, you don't, we won't know until they give us more than this. And I doubt that twenty twenty one release date. I can see it being more like fall twenty twenty two. If they don't have anything at this point, and it could be late in the year. 
They did put a month. They just said 2021. Okay, uh, if uh, COVID is anything to go by and the fact that the Batman is already in production and is coming out in 2021 is now stop production because Pattinson got it. Yep. Right. it you're going to have complications mm. with Black Adam, even though a lot of it's CG, so it, yeah. you, can, you can edit that. But that's a lot of editing. And that takes time just as much as it takes to record. So I can see it being more of like maybe a winter, like January, February, March time for 2022. I can see it being pushed back to there. They, I can see it within the six month range of like November 2021 to, yeah. to spring 2022. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, if we're putting money down, I'll put down for fall 2022. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the whole two years later. <laughs> Look, I don't have money to bet, so I'm just gonna. I'm He's not gonna. Man. When I was like looking into like all the news for this movie, and I saw who was casted, um, I was like, wait, the rom com boyfriend is gonna be playing a superhero now? Wait, who's who's that? Noah Centino? Yeah. I I don't know him. All he's been in so far is mostly just like teenage rom-coms like okay. young really? adult rom-coms like to all the boys i loved before he's the main uh love interest in there um there's a few other netflix originals he was in that charlie's angels movie uh... but he was playing like another you know boy crush character i i have no gauge for how he's gonna do in that because all <laughs> we've seen him do so far is be the the object of affection of some awkward teenage girl <laughs> <laughs> the rock is kind of pretty too what if it's just like all pretty boys like all of oh just society oh, it's oh, like a boy God. band it's really like the, the first couple years of the JSA is what you're saying oh my god <laughs> start singing like Backstreet Boys songs and then dance to it no 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 it's gonna be the 50s so it's gonna be all doo-wop stuff. oh so, so like <laughs> you're yeah. taking like Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons yeah there we go oh except, except it's, it's Green Lantern and the JSA <laughs> Josie and the Pussycats DC version. (laughs) Just imagine, Dr. Fate takes off the helmet, flips his hair back. (laughs) After like they wrestle up like whatever the thugs are, they're like, alright gang, let's move out. And then they start snapping down the alley. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. (laughs) Oh Oh, man. Now I'm more excited for this movie. I'm staying relatively hopeful because, I mean, I was a little skeptical at first whenever I saw that the rom-com boyfriend is going to be playing a superhero. Like, no offense to him, but I don't know how he's going to do in this. I literally have nothing to Mm -hmm. base judgment off of. I really wonder, too, because I don't really know, like, the reactions of when he uh, showed up on the Q&A. I just know that people are like, oh, it's it's him, but it wasn't, like, the same... um, (laughs) It wasn't the same reaction as seeing Pattinson in, in his trailer. Yeah, yeah. But either Well, way, he's not been around as long. No. Uh, he's only been acting for, like, a handful of years. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think so. his first big part was to All the Boys I Loved Before, and that was, like, two years ago. So, so we will be seeing. All right. Well, I'm excited. I'm very curious. So now we are going to uh, switch little things over here. So instead of movies, we're going to be talking about video games <laughs> first game up we have is the gotham knights game which is being uh produced from warner brothers montreal 
it was originally set in the post Arkham universe. So the Arkham <clears throat> universe is from the uh, Batman games like Arkham City, Arkham Origins, Arkham Asylum, all all that stuff. Arkham Knight was the most recent one. This was going to be set post that because Bruce Wayne was quote unquote dead. But a couple days after this news came out, um, Warner Bros. Montreal actually released an article stating that it is going to be in a standalone new universe. But Bruce is still quote-unquote dead, and he's leaving Gotham City in the care of his sidekicks. You get to play as either Nightwing, Red Hood, Batgirl, or Robin. And Robin, who a lot of people were very confused as which Robin this was, because he was as slender as Tim Drake, but he had the (laughs) costume design as Damian Wayne. And then you also see him... And other people having these new, outdated tech, as Bruce put it. Meanwhile, it's invisibility and teleportation. And then at the very end of the trailer, you got the Court of Owls teased. As well, in 2021, this game will be released. Oh my gosh. I'm so (laughs) hype. I'm like, uh, I will probably be able to actually play this game if it is on Steam, because I will have a computer that will be able to run it. I am so, I'm I'm playing my boy immediately. I, I was as confused as everyone else going into this. I was like, uh, is it, is it Tim? Because that Mm -hmm. looks like a Damien outfit, because, but immediately looking at the tech and how robin played i was like no that has to be tim because he's using like a little scanner thing on his arms and he's like hacking and doing stuff and i'm like damien wouldn't do that and he wouldn't have a bow staff he'd have a sword it was also a little confusing too because tim was already introduced in the arkham games yep. and he looked nothing like <laughs> tim Drake in this game. can we just bury that can we just bury that tim <laughs> like the new 52 one like i'm <laughs> you didn't like a beefier Chris O'Donnell Robin? <laughs> it wasn't even Tim. Like, I, okay, physically don't care, but it wasn't even Tim as a person. It was just... <sighs> the, the game engine looks like it's great, and it's kind of got a Spider-Man PS4 vibe to a lot of things. A little bit. but Which is totally fine. It makes sense. They've got grappling hooks. Um... Uh, the mm. Court of Owls at the end, I was like, yeah. this is creepy. <laughs> I'm getting a Bioshock vibe from here. Am I the only one getting a Bioshock vibe from this? <laughs> oh my gosh, and all of those, like, coffin things. <gasps> oh my god, the talons. all that. <laughs> uh, yeah, this game looks like it's gonna be really cool. It, it, I saw the, like, gameplay footage that they had, the tiny little pieces, and I was like, oh man, if only I had something I could play this on. <laughs> I'm, I'm so curious, too, as to, like, is it gonna be a game where you only choose one of, like, the sidekicks and you have to stick th- with that one person, or are you gonna be able to alternate throughout, like, the different missions and mm. stuff? I don't know, but oh, it's still, like, invisibility and teleportation. I don't really know if I've ever actually seen any of that type of gadgets nope. for Batman before uh-uh. or any of the Bat family. That's a different universe. It's, it's true. They've had that since the 30s. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand having, like, invisibility because there's, like, cloaking tech. You've seen it in comics, but the teleportation ability looked like someone, like, tracer blinking. Yes. And I'm like... That's yeah. immediately what I thought of. I immediately went to Overwatch. <laughs> 
But also, like, in that trailer, you get to see a good look at Jason. Mm-hmm. And they kept that white streak yes! in his hair. But yeah. you also see how scarred his face is. I couldn't really tell, like, was that, a, like, a J branding on his face? I, I don't think so. I think it was just a scar from being... From the crowbar? From the crowbar. Or... Sorry, trigger warning for all you Jason Todd fans <laughs> yeah. out there. Yeah, or he could have... the C word. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Spoilers, but he died. Yeah. <laughs> but... I like that they kept the white streak. Same. Oh, yeah. I think most Jason fans, like... The white streak it helps to mm-hmm. denote it's him good. separately from everyone because he like tim and damien are getting the who's the who like which one's which now yeah. like all the time <laughs> and it used to be the same thing with like dick and jason when they were out of costume and then like now because of the current trend in like the e-girls and e-boys now jason counts as an e-boy because he has the white streak they're all of them are doing like a white streak in their bangs like rogue from marvel and i'm like <laughs> i might jump on this i don't know it's kind of so if you get to play this game we know exactly who you're playing as <laughs> Dude, I'm going as Nightwing. That's what I was gonna do. I was I was gonna go with Nightwing or Di- or uh, Tim. Hey. I'm a Dick Grayson fan first, and a human being second. <laughs> <laughs> you and me can sit in that corner together. I'm so loving mean. how Nightwing's moves are. He has yes. all these great acrobatic moves. Yes. And then, mm-hmm. and they really like really pushed into it, which is just Chef's kiss. The only way they could make it more Nightwing is if the cutscenes are just his butt. Yeah. I was just gonna yeah. say that all those all those talking points have to be from like behind the backdrops. <laughs> I would not be surprised if you see like when this game comes out, people playing as Dick Grayson and then just like panning around his butt. Because <laughs> it's a third person game, so like mm-hmm. you can easily probably yeah. pan around. So if you get to a certain spot, it's like. I'm very curious Death about butt. that now too because a lot of PlayStation 4 games I know they they have a photo mode option mm-hmm. because yeah. the graphics are so amazing oh, yeah. and intense like people just love screenshotting just the environment itself and you know some of the yeah. games like Horizon Zero Dawn you can put the different uh, facial features on the character Speaking of selfies Yes Let's talk about Batgirl I love oh, yeah. what they did with her because yeah. there are, mm-hmm. there are so many ways to get her wrong and there are so many ways to get her in general because you have the traditional oracle like we've right. had to deal with oracle sitting in a uh, behind a desk talking into a mic all that so now she's got that, that modern thing where they like aged her down they made her uh, sort of a valley girl sort of preppy hipster and you know always taking photos of herself because Cameron Stewart Batgirl she's very young she's kind of ditzy somehow and she's really OP while being sort of <laughs> stupid so uh-huh. <laughs> they what they did is they just they aged her up a little bit from that but not so much that she's like old school Oracle on equal grounds with Batman she's no. she's still one of the kids but she's yep. a little bit older She's got this really adorable haircut, and she's got this great costume, and you get to see oh, her gameplay. Oh, man. Play. Dude, that costume, that cowl specifically that she has, and if the white, um, what do you call it, the white lenses drop down and everything, mm. looks so freaking good. It looks modeled after um, Christian Bale's cowl a little bit, but it works so well on Barbara. 
It looks so good. I really like her design a lot in and out of the costume because it's it's like classic Batgirl, but it mm-hmm. doesn't look childish. It it's a costume for a woman. I'm gonna have to say like watching all of their reactions to Bruce's message, just that little single tear that came from her eye. I was mm-hmm. just like, that was good because you could see Jason was frustrated. Dick was also frustrated. Tim was kind of like the, okay, I have to do something. But Barbara being like, okay, and I have to be Batgirl again. And just like, yes! Go, Barbara! <laughs> Go, Bat! <laughs> Speaking of putting things behind, All right. Oh. there was one thing that fans could not leave behind, and that was the Justice League... Snyder Cut, <laughs> which, as we know, for a while, it got approved. It got uh, all this money raised to make it finally happen. Mm-hmm. HBO Max is going to be airing it June 2021 in four episodes, one hour each, to play out the entirety of Zack Snyder's image. And from what we can tell of his image from the trailer that was released... His vision his vision (laughs) i wanted to just hit my head repeatedly you're not alone or at least watch it without the music because i'm sorry i understand there is an emotional attachment to this song for Zack snyder but my god that took me so out of it i could not enjoy anything that i witnessed in that Bottom line, I fucking hated this thing so much. Yes, you do get to see like some new scenes of some characters, Aquaman, Cyborg, The Flash, that were not in the weeding cut. You also get to see some characters like Iris West, who was, did not appear at all in the Whedon film. I am actually a lot less excited for this compared to the first time when me and V brought this up on the podcast. <laughs> He's just such a buffoon. I mean, even listening to him talk, he just, he reminds me of, I'm sorry. Listen, I have been really nice to him ever since Justice League came out because who hasn't had something ruined Mm -hmm. by Joss Whedon? Like, I get it. (laughs) Like, that wasn't fair. That wasn't cool to see his vision just stomped on and see, you know, Joss Whedon just ryan johnson all over it basically and (laughs) i get it and and it was for such a tragic reason and all of our hearts go out to you know to uh zack snyder and his family and we all felt really bad and we wanted to respectfully you know say we're with you but enough's enough like (laughs) (laughs) this guy he's never understood DC characters he's never understood heroes he does not get them like at all and he's just like oh well you know grow up you guys Batman your stu- kills people guys <laughs> your stupid dream worlds you need to you know, you need to come over to my not dream world my non-fiction world where all your heroes are straight up murderers because that's cool and also that song I played in that sex scene in Watchmen that <laughs> scarred your childhood, guess what? I'm going to use that in this one, too, because I just can't get enough of that song. And then we have to listen to people defend it, saying, 
well, it was his daughter's. He liked to listen to his daughter. It's his daughter, his daughter. It's like, I don't care if his daughter's favorite song was the Barney theme song. <laughs> there is a time and a place. And I don't want to hear the Watchmen sex song ever again. <laughs> Especially, I don't, Listen, that's the least of our problems. The trailer, it was depressing to watch because it's it's giving me flashbacks of a movie that I really hated. It doesn't look that much different. No. No. But the music is probably the least of its problems. The music yeah. really took away it, from it. It did. Honestly, for me. I agree. Because oh, it was such a dirge of a version of this song. Like I've heard very beautiful versions of Hallelujah, and mm-hmm. this was just... I had so much Sorry. trouble focusing because of the song because I was like I was like uh oh god Honestly, what just happened? I, got, I had to keep going back. I think I got like ten seconds in up to the scene where you finally see Dark Side and as soon as I realized what song this was, because this is a rendition <laughs> I've never heard before. Okay, so I'm not I immediately muted it, and then I just watched the whole thing in silence. And then V reminded me of my scarred childhood when I was a child who went to go see Watchmen in movie theaters. And I sat there staring at this awkward sex scene with this song God. going on. Oh, the rolls of fat. It was... Oh. <laughs> I completely forgot that was in Watchmen, and I watched Watchmen, like, when I could legally watch Watchmen. <laughs> I did not. I did your, not wait that your long. Your face is there. <laughs> the problem with the song, because I think we've touched enough on, like, how stupid the Snyder Cut thing is. I'm just going to quickly say, this song, it's called Hallelujah. It's literally him saying, this is, like, essentially the fans saying, Hallelujah, thank you, we get our oh, Snyder yeah. Cut. yeah. And then you're like, really? That's that's probably one of the reasons they picked this song was because I never it, even it was, thought of that. Yes, I know. That just they, like makes him jerking himself so off not. in this trailer even I, more obvious. But this is the thing too, because like everything that layers. he ever brings up, he's always like jerking his own ego every single time because he goes back and forth between posing Superman as the Messiah. Uh-huh. And then also saying, like, no, you expect people to, like, to praise these people? No, they're murderers. They're killers. Also, the, 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 it was just hallelujah the entire time. Uh, we barely got any actual, like, character dialogue. It was just clips. Most of it was new clips. Um, and then at the very end, Batman says something. That Darkseid never fought us, not united. Not united, and been like, yeah, we're actually here, united, because it's like the only thing they said, and you're like, really? You're gonna emphasize this one line? And being like, (laughs) showing off the camaraderie of this, I'd be like, I'm sorry, if I was Gal Gadot, I'd be like, you can fuck yourself in your movie, like, go ahead and finish (laughs) it. It sounds like at least Zack Snyder treated her better than Joss Whedon. <laughs> oh, well, for starters, because again, we know how much Whedon loves the Dick Grayson shots, if you will. And yeah. I just distinctly remember, well, first of all, Amazons in bikinis. And then every shot that Diana was in, there was at least one quick cut of like the waist down from behind it was it was so creepy but like 
you have to compare this version from this guy, but now you have to watch this version with the guy who compared losing your virginity to watching his movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he and said didn't that. Didn't he also say, like, this is a movie for adult uh, or mature audience? <laughs> or, like, something like that because people were, like, giving too much backlash about it. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry <laughs> that you can't handle this film. It's the mature people who have the problem with your writing, sir. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It's like, I want to see, like, oh, Barry and Iris. I want to see, like, but I don't want to see it like this. <laughs> That's literally how I saw every single of these one of these movies. I did not give money to any of these films. I waited until they were streamable, and then I watched them that way. Oh. I only gave money to Man of Steel because I had no idea what I was walking into yeah. when the movie came out. And then that was it. Oh. I watched S Justice Snyder. League in the theater, but like I blacked out for like a good part of it. <laughs> like the the towers fell. Uh, ben Affleck hugged a child. Then he went on a murder spree, and I oh like, Batman versus Superman. Oh, sorry, yeah, that was Batman versus Superman. <laughs> and then I woke up at the end of Justice League. <laughs> that was a very long blackout. <laughs> <laughs> like i'm also tired of all these like oh superman is like an allegory for jesus i'm so <laughs> tired like, of that rendition he's just Snyder. a dude he's just a farm just boy a from kansas leave him alone i'm also very tired of snyder trying to make the justice league like the boys yeah uh, oh, yeah not as much as a gory situation but it just comes from a mean place. It doesn't seem like he genuinely likes any of these characters. Yeah. No. You wanna you wanna see them found family, you know, and bonding and like the camaraderie and unity between them being real and not just like they say one line about being unified and it's that. It's like there is so much more to being a found family or like oh we are united. You never know. Maybe all of their parents are named Martha. <laughs> and then they get some real bonding. Oh Maybe we find out in the four the four episodes that are one hour each, each of them will get their own backstory. Ooh. And then Diana Diana will tell them, he's like, you know, Martha means Hippolyta on here. <laughs> <laughs> and Bruce Harry is going to look at like... her and the tears are just going to start forming on his face. <laughs> Barry will be like, my mom's middle name was Martha. <laughs> it's not even true. He just wants to be included. He just won't be included <laughs> because he wants friends, according to this version of The Flash. To be fair, I kind of thought that was funny. If they had done it differently or like if that wasn't the only characterization we got, if it was like the, the jokes about the snacking, well, that's relatively in character. I feel like it could have been better if it was like different writing. <laughs> if I it was a like different movie, you mean? 99.9% yeah. of his film could yeah. have been a lot better oh, if yeah. it was a different writing. But to move on to a potentially better movie that is coming out, we have James Gunn's Suicide Squad, mm. which, oh my gosh, <laughs> the, the cast list for this movie, freaking huge. So you do have the familiar faces. You have Margot Robbie. You have as Harley Quinn. You have Jai Courtney as Captain Boomerang. You have uh, Joel Kinnaman as Rick Flagg. And you have Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. 
And then you have the list of the new characters. You have Pete Davidson, who is playing Blackguard. Idris Elba, who is playing Bloodsport. You have John Cena playing Peacemaker. <laughs> you have Michael Rooker playing Savant. David Desmalchian playing the Polka Dot Man. Sean Gunn playing Weasel. Peter Capaldi playing the Thinker. Flula Borg playing Javelin. Daniela Melchior playing Ratcatcher 2, which sounds like a very crappy video game. You have uh, Mei Ling Ning. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. As Mongal. And Steve Aji as King Shark. And you also have new characters being introduced for this film that are not in the comics. You have Elise uh, Braga is playing Solsoria, who people believe are related to the comic book character Juan Soria, who joined the Suicide Squad after getting rejected by the Justice League. And then you have Nathan Fillion playing a new character called TDK, who is similar to Knockout. I'm going to correct you on that. He is not a new character. He is a character oh. that has been in the comics and is literally known as the arm fall-off boy. His arms detach. He's the detachable oh, no. kid. Oh. Um, he's like... He's a literal chameleon boy. He's, he's that, um, you know that, fa- that uh, phrase of, I'm gonna rip your arms off and beat you with it? Mm-hmm. He rips his own mm-hmm. arms off and beats people with his arms. <laughs> Yeah, that sure is something. Yeah, I don't know how they're gonna do that with Suicide Squad, but I'm interested to see how this is. So, but this is set for 2021 (laughs) as well. Honestly, this is such a huge cast, and I always had this theory that whenever a cast is really big, the movie flops Mm -hmm. tremendously, especially when they have very big name actors. You have Nathan Fillion, John Cena, freaking Peter Capaldi is going to be in this. Idris Elba. (laughs) They're hitting all the fandoms. They're really trying to pull people in, and I'm hoping that it doesn't mm-hmm. bite them in the face. Yeah. And we also got a quick little uh, shot of what King Shark is going to be looking like in the mm. Suicide Squad film, and he looks very much like the King Shark from the Harley Quinn TV show, minus the sweatshirt. <laughs> He's like that very like friendly, easy-to-approach-looking yeah. type of shark. <laughs> I feel like this is going to work out, because this seems... What I see when I see this overcompensating cast is James Gunn trying to make DC regret their decision. I, I think <laughs> he's going to pull out all the stops, he's going to put in all the work, and he's going to mm-hmm. cross his T's and dot his I's so that this becomes a really good film because he has something to yeah. prove. So because yeah. of that, I think he's going to do great. Because of his track record, I think he's going to do great. I was going to say, I do. I am a fan of him. I really did enjoy the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. And I feel like this is going to go down a somewhat similar path. He did a really great yeah. job with big casts before because he he manages to nail those those small moments of interpersonal growth and relationships. And I think that's really what's at the heart of a good movie for me. Something that I enjoy seeing is... Yeah, there's the big blockbuster moments, but like what sells those, what really is the glue that holds the film together are those moments where they can be very relatable, very authentic, and have mm-hmm. those very small, peaceful breaks between the big fight scenes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Suicide Squad did a terrible job of that. <laughs> yeah. So seeing him take over and try his hand, I think it's going to be a lot better, and I think it's going to be a good ride. Especially for me, one of the top things 
is this third adaptation of Harley Quinn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because she looks so much better in this film than she did in the first Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey. Mm. She No trash bags around, no caution tape, no weird ponytail. <laughs> no, I thing. like that caution tape jacket. She looks very put jacket. together. <laughs> Look, I am excited about new Harley outfits because, like, I remember back when the first Suicide Squad movie aired and I had dressed up as Harley again and people were like, that's not a canon outfit. And I'm like, yeah, I designed it myself. And now I'm going to walk around and be like, ha, you all suck. I can wear what I want. <laughs> not wrong. All along the lines of James Gunn and him being an incredible director, with his track record with Guardians of the Galaxy, um, like two was great, but just how he was able to, in the first Guardians movie, get all of those groups of misfits all together. It's like trying to get a D&D party together and <laughs> figuring out how to get like each of these characters to actually become an adventuring party. He's really good at, and as V mentioned, like he hits those points of uh, good character interactions so you start to really get who each of these characters are beneath all of the the facade that they like to put up because a lot of villains and some of those harsher characters are just like nah I'm a, I'm a tough person mm. and it's like no underneath I'm a softie and I have problems um, <laughs> but then well they are the suicide squad and all of a mm. sudden like with just how big of a cast this was and the fact that I forget, like, we lost, like, a member or two of the Suicide Squad really early on in the first one. Uh, Slipknot was yeah, one. Yeah, Slipknot was that, one of them. And then also, just thinking back on Deadpool 2, where they had all, like, Task Force they, they had, X, like, the Task Force yeah. X people. You had, like, Shatterstar and a bunch of other people that I just can't think of. Shatterstar is the only person that, because he's freaking Shatterstar. But that was funny. That was a gag. <laughs> I'm not going to be surprised if we are going to lose some of these people along the way, either due to the fact mm -hmm. that, like, they're expendable. They're, they are expendable people to Amanda Waller, and some people could, like, they either die in their mission mm -hmm. or she kills them off. Like, we, we don't, we won't know what's going to happen to all of them. Or they all could just survive by the end of it, and it's just going to be Who knows? massive You're chaos. Right. I think they're going to try to establish the stakes by making a few of them die in a tragic way. I feel like you have to with a giant cast like this. I am very concerned, too, with um, the lack of Deadshot in this movie. I heard he uh, had, like, conflicts and couldn't get in with the movie. I don't know. I think uh, he was filming something else or he had other projects. I mean, I don't think that Deadshot was that crucial in the film. Mm. Like, I feel like he i hate to say it but i know they've put so much time and effort into explaining his his motivation in the first film i feel like mm -hmm. it didn't add to it in any way no, no. Not, i'm not saying it for like the film standpoint i'm just saying like just uh like suicide squad in general like but you they can, always have you can do shot. whatever you want it's a mm -hmm. it's the film universe so you can make it yeah. completely different but the fact that mm -hmm. harley is like, kind have... of the fan favorite i think yeah. that made her a requirement even people who hated the Birds of Prey, like, for the most part, everyone praises Margot Robbie. Like, she has a handle yeah. on the character, and I feel like as long as a director, like, a, a good director is a plus, but I feel like even a bad director, as we've seen, she can still, you know, keep the character on course. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think she'll yeah, be the fan she favorite She really regardless. seems to care about Harley. 
Oh, yeah. So who would you say is, like, you're most excited to see in this? Nathan Fillion. <laughs> it's gotta be. Ah, that's uh... mine. Mine, honestly, is gonna be John Cena as a Peacemaker. I think I, it fits him. His little clip, he's like, all I was told about Peacemaker is that he's a Captain America, and I wanted to be Captain America. He's like an asshole Captain America is pretty much what yeah, he called exactly Yeah, exactly <laughs> I am kind of excited to see what they do with King Shark. I mean, as yeah. much as I love Harley, and I'm definitely excited to see more of what mm-hmm. Margot's going to do with Harley, I really want to see where they're going with King Shark. Yeah. Like, he's a really cool character, and mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed the comics that he's been in. I think the oldest one I have is one with him and Superboy in it. A lot of people forget that he was a, he was a Superboy uh, rogue. Yup. Part of his rogues gallery. Looking forward to see how they do Polka Dot, Polka Dot Man. Because yes. oh, yeah. he's just one of the weirdest freaking Gotham rogues. <laughs> and I, I'm interested to see how David... He plays wacky and weird characters all the time. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm looking forward to that. And apparently uh, Daniela um, Melchior playing Ratcatcher 2. It's, uh, she's a... Portuguese actress, and I think this is one of her first big, like, actual Hollywood oh. films. So I'm interested interested to see how, hopefully, doesn't get lost and washed out with the huge cast of big mm-hmm. known names that we have here. But yeah. And staying on that Suicide Squad train, we have the other news for Suicide Squad: Kill the Justice League video game. Now that I'm excited about, produced by Rocksteady Games. This one is set in the Arkham universe. This is post-Arkham Knight. And this is the first time that you get to see any other characters outside of, you know, Batman cast. All we were able to tell from this trailer is that Brainiac has attacked the Earth. And the only things that we know for certain of what happened is that Superman is under Brainiac's control. And you see highlights on Harley Quinn, Deadshot, Captain Boomerang, and King Shark. Also, what was really cool is that King Shark has Polynesian tattoos to go along with his most likely Hawaiian origins because, like we said, he originally was from the 1990s Superboy comic, which Mm -hmm. took place in Hawaii. Also, possibility that uh, Captain Boomerang may be the second one, Owen Mercer, just because in this, much like Tim in the Gotham Knights game, he has like a quick little teleportation ability in that gameplay that we've seen. And this video game is actually going to be set for 2022. The premise is great and the gameplay looks like it'll be a blast. Honestly, like I've never been let down by the games that DC puts out. Films? Yes. Games? No. I've loved every single DC game I've ever Mm -hmm. played. I have basically all of them. (laughs) Yeah. Even the storylines are sometimes oh, superior yeah. than the animated or live action versions. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like I am very sad about what happens to Superman and everything, but it makes sense because you have freaking Brainiac in this. Yeah. And just in my personal experience, it seems like a very go-to type of uh, enemy to use when you have to like brainwash the Justice League. <laughs> I'm trying to remember after watching the trailer, we didn't actually get gameplay footage. We just got the trailer, correct? Yeah. 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 So either way, I feel, I, I'm really hoping, because it was just it was just this tiny little funny scene of them on a roof being lazy and ignoring yeah. direct orders. Uh, 
just how they're bantering back and forth was so solidly written. Mm -hmm. Their characters were perfect. Like, they all really fit their characters very well. And I think, honestly, if if we're going to throw around theories, I think we're going to get, what's that Wonder Woman villain, Uh, Max? Maxwell Lord. Thank you. Maxwell Lord. I know I just reviewed Wonder Woman last week. (laughs) (laughs) But but Maxwell Lord, I think that's that's my choice. That's who I think it is. Along with Brainiac? (sighs) Maybe, because they're going to be pushing him pretty heavy in 20... Oh. 2021. Well, I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll get into that one also later, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Like this, it's it's also funny too how you when they release it, you have two video games from DC, both of them starring like at least four main characters that you get to alternate between in playing in this like immersive storyline. Where again, like originally. They were both set in the same universe. They were both post Arkham Knight, but then I guess they realized like ah, we don't really want to do that, so we'll flip a coin to see which one of us is going to be its own standalone. We don't want to kill I Batman. Like... That's like killing yeah. the Golden Goose. <laughs> yeah. But with Suicide Squad, like yeah, Batman is quote unquote dead. Wait, he's dead well, in the Suicide you know. Squad one. And yeah, that this is the one that's being set in the Arkham universe. Gotham Knights is a standalone. But Batman's not really dead. He's quote-unquote dead from the Arkham Knight video game. He's dead with massive air quotes, because... Yeah. You can't prove he's not dead. You can't prove he's dead. He's yep. just... Well, that could work with a standalone, too. You know, whenever you want, you can bring him back. I feel like the Suicide Squad one would have worked a lot better as a standalone, just because you are having, like, the Justice League, and they weren't introduced in the Arkham games before. Mm. But I am curious to see how this is going to play into the Arkhamverse. I'm definitely, like, really loving all the Suicide Squad content. Especially, again, with the King Shark. It's It's, it's really nice. good to see. Like, King Shark, like, he's definitely been getting used a lot more, both in comics and now the, the animated with uh, Harley Quinn. And now you have the Suicide Squad movie. And now you have the Suicide Squad video game. And let's completely ignore King Shark and Justice League Dark Apocalypse, because that was, like, the worst version of King oh, Shark. Oh, that's King right. King Shark I is a honestly, shark. I honestly blocked that entire movie out of my mind. The whole time I was sitting there, like, are they going to explain why he can't talk? Because they do remember the sentient, right? Like, King Shark is the freaking son of, like, the shark god, guys. Like, this mm. is... This dude it's is cool. really powerful. He's more than just a big shark man. But it's another one to add to my future video game collection list. So moving down the list, we have Superman Man of Tomorrow. So this is DC's latest on their animated series stuff that they were doing after the Apocalypse War movie. Because they said that they are no longer having an animated universe. It's going to be kind of standalone films from now on. So this one, from what I saw from the trailer, seems to be copying this um, Superman American Alien storyline from Max Landis, which was out in 2016, just going off of the costume that you see Clark wearing in this film. (laughs) The animation style, I'm really not a fan of. It reminds me of Archer just a little bit. That's what I thought, too. The heavy outlines. You have Darren Chris 
playing Clark Kent Superman. You have Alexandria Daddario playing Lois Lane. Alexandria Daddario, for those of you who may not know. She was in Baywatch with Dwayne Johnson, Zac Efron. She played Annabeth in Percy Jackson and the Olympians. And she was also in season one of True Detective. And you have Zachary Quinto playing Lex Luthor. You're also getting uh, Lobo, Parasite, and Martian Manhunter in this movie. And you don't need to wait for it to watch it because it is available now. Oh. So with this film, like... (laughs) I watched the trailer and everything. Like I said, I'm not I'm not a fan of the animation. I'm still going to watch it just because it's a Superman thing. I have to watch it just because. <laughs> you have to, I, says the man who completely I, I, dropped action comics and Superman. Like, you don't have to do anything. Listen, it took a while for him to drop that. It did take me a while. I hated it from the very beginning, but I also had no idea what I was getting into with said writer. Who I do have some news about at the end. But yes, I am going to give this a shot. Right off the bat, though, I don't really think I'm going to like this one. Aww, you don't? Oh. No, just what I've seen. Like, the fight scene looks okay. I'm not really a fan of seeing this naked Superman standing in front of thousands of people, (laughs) all with cell phones and video (laughs) cameras. Oh, he's just standing there. How shameless he is. I don't. Oh. I don't. I also don't like the fact that he had to be in that type of predicament. You know, nudity's funny. I like the casting. I'm interested in it. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I will watch mm-hmm. it, if only to support Darren Criss' solidarity. Um. Worst thing to do. <laughs> I... Don't just watch something to support the actor. If it's not good, you're just going to yeah. keep making more shitty I, renditions. To be honest, like, I really like, I like Darren Chris a lot. He's a very good actor, but listening to the his uh, version of Superman in this, when he was pretty much telling, like, Lobo to, like, stop, this is his Earth, I was like, I am not getting mm-hmm. any amount of, like, intimidation or strength from this man. He's like, no, stop. Don't attack my earth. I was like, you are not mm-hmm. even emoting. Like, you're not showing strength with your voice. You're not being commanding. And I know he can animate himself. He can. He has vocals. He was Harry freaking Potter. And he was the Pied Piper in The Flash. I, I don't know. Um, we got a little bit of Alexandra Daddario's version of mm-hmm. Lois. She's good. I I liked the little bit that I heard. Yeah, the Percy Jackson crimes aside, <laughs> she's that we'll wasn't her fault. That, was not that wasn't. But I'm actually more interested in Zachary Quinto as Lex because I think all we heard of Lex was him narrating. I am very curious. Also, sassy Martian Manhunter. That's that's all I'm gonna yeah. say. Love <laughs> a sassy Martian Manhunter, but you gotta have some Oreos or else it throws the whole image off. I I don't know. And also, like, the American Alien costume, like, it makes sense. It's like a little prototype costume, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about. He has, like, a Batman-like cape that kind of has, like, those spikes at the bottom of it. He's wearing a black t-shirt, like, kind of almost all black stuff. He's got his symbol on, like, kind of drawn on, like, Tom Welling Smallville. And he also has a pilot hat and goggles. so cute. It's so dorky. Because, contrary to popular belief flying at almost the speed of sound you will get 
a thousand bugs in your eyes <laughs> or your mouth. <laughs> How does he deal with it normally? Like, does he just... He puts his hands in front of his face. He's just, you know, it's like in Superman Returns when he gets shot in the eye with the bullet. Just doesn't feel it. Uh, Impervious. True. Okay, but it's still gross getting a bug in your eye. Uh, I mean, my God, Clark. But other than that, like, I still haven't seen it because for some reason it is available now. But it's not on the DC Universe stream. No, yet. well, it takes like I think a month or something, which is really Ish. weird. Because I know uh, Justice League Dark Apocalypse. It took a while for it to actually put mm-hmm. on DC, like DC Universe, and all of that because they want people to buy it. They want people to buy it digitally. They want people to buy it physically and yeah. watch it. Because uh, I went and saw Don the Superman movie in theaters. I actually saw it in theaters. Brain of the Superman. There you go. Sorry, brain. It took like a day or two after the digital for the physical to be available. And then it was like a month after it was on DC Universe. Yeah. I'm like, jeez. Yeah. That streaming app, like, we've spoken about that at length too. Maybe not on here, but that thing's got problems that they, they still need to figure out. Mm-hmm. Or just integrate yeah, it. With this HBO. one, like, I'm, I'm waiting for it to come on so I can watch it. So, to finish off our part one of DC Fandom, we have Wonder Woman 84. It's a lot of the same stuff that we saw already. They just kind of released a new trailer. It's specified that it is only in theaters, meaning that they are not doing any digital releases. It is not going on any streaming apps or anything like that. But there was no date announced until recently they stated that it is pushed back to Christmas Day 2020. Mm. Meanwhile, I don't think Marvel has said anything about Black Widow. It is November. Since, like, May. Oh, it's November now? Yeah, November 6th. I'm not gonna go see it. I'm sorry. I don't even think our movie theaters are open here. Well, that's interesting. What we have over here is just a bunch of drive-in theaters. Like, to me, that sounds like a great night. Like, get a date, mm. go to the old drive-in, <laughs> get some popcorn, you know, bring in some of your own food from home mm. or pick something up on the way. For Black Widow, anyway, and then for Wonder Woman, who knows what's going to be happening. I know for sure I will not be going to the movie theaters Christmas Day. And it's not just because I saw how uh, Kristen Wiig looks in full CGI uh, cheetah from cats <laughs> god uh. we're all just gonna gloss over that that was probably the the only thing that was like kind of new that we got to see in mm-hmm. the trailers that yeah. we haven't seen already everything mm-hmm. else i just feel like is like yeah yeah we kind of got an idea of this well already. yeah Kristen wiggles nightmare fuel but i feel like that's kind of how she's supposed to be like it's mm-hmm. it's not the the attractive cheetah of the comics this one is like no. Some monstrosity that God himself would fear. <laughs> but the question is, like, is it better or worse than Cats? It's better because she's not singing. She's yeah. she's not yeah. dancing. She's not being weird. She, that we saw. Yet. <laughs> but she it was, not it was an abomination. No. She is. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Kristen Wiig is supposed to have been this rich socialite, and we can see that in this too, but in this version she's friends with Diana, whereas in the original I don't think she was. There were two different cheetahs, right? This one that Kristen Wiig is playing is Barbara Ann Minerva. Yeah. 
She seems like a nerdy, like, historian or something and gets pissed for whatever <laughs> reason. And I, I will say when the blessings of her cheetah form, it's definitely going to be towards the end of the movie we see her in that. So we're not yeah. with that the entire film. Thank God. It's still better than what the last villain did. <laughs> oh my gosh. But what if she just keeps the mustache as well? Here's what I think. It's just going to be a little more heavily. This is why this version is great. Okay, and I... This this is Patty Jenkins again, right? Yes. Okay. I trust Patty Jenkins, and I feel like mm-hmm. she's worked out a lot of the kinks. Here's what I think. It's wonderful that Diana has this museum job, because that does put her in contact with a bunch of rich people, but it also, if in fact Kristen Wiig is... Um, because she was an archaeologist, uh, if I remember correctly. Yes. And her origin is very problematic. She uh, interrupts a an African ceremony and sacrifices to this goddess mm-hmm. to get her, her cat powers. So they're probably going to redo that, but yes. it does give um, her that, that chance to constantly be in contact with Diana in a co-worker manner whether they decide to do the socialite version or they decide to do what it looks like from the trailers, the archaeologist version. And either way, I feel like Max is going to be involved in her transformation because even if she doesn't have the money, he does. And so they can get her to Africa. They can get her involved in some evil cabal and Mm -hmm. set it all up so that Diana's facing two of her most famous foes in one go. Can I just say too, like, Pedro Pascal, I I really love him as an actor. He is great. I am so curious to see him as Maxwell Lord, especially because, like I've mentioned on here, I don't know enough about Maxwell Lord. And sadly, the only bits that I'm getting right now is from Mariko Tamaki's Wonder Woman. So I'm hoping this is going to be better than that, but at the same time, he does seem like that very corny stereotypical like businessman that you would see in like the 80s movies and television shows and not just because of the outfit and because the fact that it's taking place in the 80s i don't know like he just has like that attitude but at the same time i think that was a similar attitude he had in justice league america during that comic run because he was funding the justice league at the time I don't really know because I only read one comic from that, and that was from 1988. The Justice League of America, Maxwell was fun. I, mm. I want to see him have fun with the role because he always seemed so unapologetic, kind of hammy. So I want to see how this uh-huh. goes. I'm, I'm excited. Listen, I always hated Wonder Woman growing up. I thought she was boring. I thought she was full of herself. I thought she was unlikable on every possible level because I was exposed to a lot of the comic stuff. And not the good ones. So <laughs> now seeing this version has invigorated my interest in Wonder Woman. Like I've said this before, but Patty Jenkins' version of Wonder Woman was so charming. I've gone yeah. back and I found good comics. I've enjoyed reading Wonder Woman. I enjoy seeing her performed by Gal Gadot, even in Zack's stuff. Mm-hmm. I still love Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. I feel like she, like mm-hmm. Marco Robbie gets the character and she embodies yeah. it in this very likable and fan-friendly way that I think a lot of the um, previous male writers haven't mm. been able to <laughs> grasp Wonder Woman in, in quite the way that Patty Jenkins has. 
So. But be honest here, V. I know that you're really excited to see Chris Pine as Steve Trevor again. <laughs> you know I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I like their chemistry. I just needed you to say it. <laughs> I went off on him because we, we watched, oh, Just My Luck. And I always thought he was really ugly, which was unfair. But that's just, you know, not everyone's attractive to everybody. But that being said, <laughs> Steve Trevor's, uh, or I should say Chris Pine's chemistry with Gal Gadot is beautiful. I think they work mm-hmm. really well together. I'm actually very excited to see them back together. And I've never been interested in her, you know, her love interests before. Especially Steve Trevor, who sometimes is portrayed as kind of a bit of a D-bag. So, like, in mm. this one, I think it's going to be great. I think they're they're charming and sweet together. And I'm going to see it. I'm not going to see it on Christmas because I don't do that. No. I don't no. believe in that practice. I have a family. But exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas is a two-day production, and we do not have time to sit down. You have to be cooking. Unlike mm-hmm. a lot of people in the DC universe, I have family. <laughs> My parents are alive. <laughs> but God. after Christmas, I think it would be really fun to grab a friend or two or three or four and pack mm-hmm. a picnic and go to a drive-in theater and watch a blockbuster with some actors I know I will love. So there. All you haters. You... F- you three haters. What do you mean haters? <laughs> what do you mean? So down on this movie. What? No, I haven't. You're making fun of Kristen Wiig. I was making fun of the Cheetah CGI. That doesn't mean I don't like the movie. Wonder Woman has been my favorite movie mm. out of all these recent renditions as part of the DCEU. I've really loved Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman. I'm, I've been oh, really yeah. excited for the sequel because I love the first one and I like the 80s. And I love those vibes. Oh, that's true. That's <laughs> another pull for you. Patty Jenkins just gets Wonder Woman on a level that a lot of people just don't. And as we also mentioned, Gal just loves this character. It puts so much heart into it. I was mostly picking fun, not Kristen Wiig, because Kristen Wiig is a great actress. Like, she really is. Um, I'm just mostly picking fun at the, anim- the, the animators and the the CGI mm. going, not this again. But also fun fact about Gal Gadot and Wonder Woman, there's a scene that we see her walking, running, like full on sprinting um, down by the Lincoln Memorial. She trained for that so much because she wanted to look as realistic as possible that she actually ran as fast as Usain Bolt. Wow. In that scene. What? Really? Oh yeah. my god. It was recorded and everything. It, the article just came out like a day, either today or yesterday, but she was right there with Usain Bolt's record. That woman and is remember, dedicated. Gal, Gal Gadot, she was part of the Israeli military too. Mm-hmm. So this woman is badass. Oh yeah, she totally is. She's so cool. So I am definitely excited for this Wonder Woman thing and that concludes part one. So moving on to part two, which just happened this past Saturday. Honestly, there wasn't really that much that became of it that I saw. I was trying to find some highlights because a lot of it that I witnessed was Q&A stuff and some behind the scenes with art. What I was able to find out, a little bit more information of anyway, was the Flash movie that is supposed to be coming out. 
So this is the uh, 2022 Flash movie. It was spoken a bit in part one for Ezra Miller's Flash. It is starring both Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton's Batman. It is heavily hinted to be a Flashpoint-esque, like, time travel type of movie. And one of the rumors going around right now is the Iris West that is in Justice League is apparently in talks of being recasted for this film. Mm. We didn't really get a whole lot for this film, but we did see concept art of Ezra Miller's Flash standing in front of Michael Keaton's Batman, mm. which, oh my gosh, I am so excited for mm. I love Michael Keaton. His Batman was the first one I have ever seen. And it was great. I know that he was looking to be a older Bruce Wayne. He still called himself Batman in little interviews and talk shows that he does and whatnot. A lot of people have fan casted him ever since they saw him as the Vulture in Spider-Man. But a lot of people fan casted him as the older Bruce Wayne from like the Batman Beyond. Oh, that's perfect. People are speculating he may not be playing Flashpoint Batman. Like, he clearly he's going to be, like, his own Bruce Wayne that he was. But people are wondering, like, are we going to see Terry McGinnis? Are we going to be seeing mm. Batman Beyond when Ezra Miller travels that to Michael Keaton's universe? That'd be interesting. But speaking of Ezra Miller's Flash with the concept art that we got, that costume is so much better than oh, Justice yeah. League. Than that piece, that piece together. He got mm. money. <laughs> Batman probably said, don't up. worry, bro. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are also speculating that because this is going to be a Flashpoint-esque mm. movie, is this going to change the DCEU? And by that, like, are we going to get a reboot? Or is it just going to kind of continue the same DCEU? Or turn everything into uh, standalone films just like the animated series has been doing? Or is it going to be it's like Days of Future Past where it said, all those X-Men films before, none um. of them happened. They got retconned. <laughs> You're welcome. Honestly, like, I would be all for this Flashpoint to reboot the universe. Mm-hmm. If it also reboots Ezra Miller. Yes. Because I am not a fan of his Flash Mm-mm. at all. When I saw the trailers of him when Justice League was first coming out. Have you seen that man run? I saw him in Justice League. He can't run. He runs like a toddler. That's my biggest thing. It's like you had one job, Flash. Your one job is to run. (laughs) And also the fact that like he's playing Barry Allen, but I I think we've all said this too. Like the initial thing is like he does not act like Barry. Mm. He acts like a weird, more childish Wally West. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he could have been a better casting for like wally than for barry because like he has the right energy for like wally but i don't know i feel because i've watched the panel for the flash movie and they were really emphasizing that this movie is going to be like because it's flashpoint they have to focus on like the deep emotional stuff in it and i'm really hoping that means that like they're going to try to get him to act a bit more Barry-like. Maybe get him to read some comics. (laughs) (laughs) The problem is, apparently, he he does read the comics, so I'm wondering why isn't he trying to, like, 
utilize that knowledge. <laughs> he saw yeah. the parts where like Barry sticks everything in his mouth, and he's like, "That's me, a toddler, a grown-up toddler." But like Barry, Barry's a scientist. He's more like he reminds me of the crocodile hunter, you know, where he's just like hands-on, yeah. absent-minded professor yeah. sometimes. Yeah. I mean, we've witnessed already, like, this mm-hmm. is not the, the usual Barry Allen. Yeah. No, like, he isn't with the CSI. He just got his job with the CSI at yeah. the, end of the Justice League movie. Mm-hmm. But he was clearly, like, a, a kid out on his own, was able to give himself a makeshift lab, a crappy makeshift outfit to sustain, like, the speed. Like, okay, I get it. It's first costumes always look kind of shitty. Understandable. But the personality of him it's not Barry to yeah. Me. yeah it doesn't help either that we get to see a better Barry Allen a better costume on the CW D- yeah yeah so we are we were exposed to this guy first and we're like that one I love that one that one's great and then they're like here's our really expensive version of that one and you're like I'll take the cheap one thank you and then yeah. they put the really expensive one into the cheap one for like yeah a they did <laughs> yeah and that was weird but uh, Ezra Miller is a really good actor but yeah I don't think he fits Barry he doesn't yeah. like the, the, my first exposure to him was first being a wallflower and he definitely plays that like kind of flippant character that one character that's just mm. like writing everything off when underneath they're like going through so much. I loved his character. His acting was so compelling. I felt for his character through the entire thing. But I don't think usually the characters that he plays fits with Barry. Like, he might be able Mm -hmm. to. And I don't know if it's because he was so used to those other roles and a certain somebody, (laughs) Snyder, uh, doesn't know how to direct (laughs) and couldn't, like, actually direct him. scenes with him were by far the most atrocious. And that too, like it was yeah. Snyder mixed with Whedon. Like we we don't know the dissonance between both. Either of them, way, he still had really the same type of directive of like how mm-hmm. to act. It's like yeah. this kid with the abilities, and he doesn't really know what to do with them, and he's a loner, and he's socially awkward. He had the personality of a Ninja Turtle, though. Like it really didn't make yeah. any sense. Yeah, pizza included. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, it's like I know he can do the part. I'm hoping it was just the directing. I'm hoping that this movie is going to be better. But, yeah. I mean, a lot of those actors, you yeah. know they can act, and it was yeah. just really the poor writing. Yep. Like, you see Henry Cavill in The Witcher. Yes, yeah. he, was, yeah. he would have been such a great Batman with the right director. Oh Holy gosh, cow. You <laughs> see oh Momoa playing Aquaman in Aquaman, and you're like, yeah. Thank you. Like he was a yeah. lot better. James Wan did good directing on that one compared oh my to God. The Snyder. Weed and then of course, we as we mentioned just before this, Gal Gadot is incredible as Wonder Woman, and it was she just fell flat in Justice League. And you're like, I know you can act as this character, and it probably doesn't help yeah. that the writing is utter donkey shit, and <laughs> <laughs> the director doesn't know how to direct you, and the tone of the movie just sucks. It's like Harley Quinn and Margot Robbie. The, the main problem with a lot of that, too, is that they were trying to rush the process because they had to get this movie out before Infinity War because for some reason they thought they would be able to surpass Infinity War <laughs> at the box office. Oh. Marvel had 10 years of planning, and originally that was the plan for DC. They were trying to follow suit. They're like, okay, 
Uh, Superman's get starting us off. We're gonna have Batman versus Superman. We're gonna have Wonder Woman. We're gonna have Aquaman. We're gonna have Cyborg. We're gonna have Flash. Then we're gonna have Justice League. That was the original plan. It reminds me a lot of like the ants versus bugs life predicament, mm. where ants yes. was like, as long as we get it out first, we win. And that's not the case. You you have to like focus on all. quality. And they didn't even get it out first. It just came out like a couple weeks later. <laughs> and speaking of drastic changes. Great segment, <laughs> because the next one we have is Batwoman Season 2, which Oof. we are all such fans uh, of. We've talked about this ad so, nauseum. As everybody knows by now, uh, Ruby Rose, the lead actress who played Kate Kane, Batwoman, left the show. So CW decided to, instead of canceling the show, which would have been preferred by a lot of people, they are keeping it up, a brand new character ryan wilder who is being played by javicia leslie all we really got from this panel is that it's not going to be the same bat suit it's going to have different things separate from kate Kane's. and what they said is that we have two major stories coming into season two the director said the first one is where's kate what happened to her is she dead and obviously we're just going to dive into javicia's character we have a new hero rising in Gotham. And then Ryan will ironically, ultimately unite the Kane family. There are all of these strands of connection that she brings to them. And then the actress, Javicia, talking about Ryan Wilder, said, we're talking about how important it is that we're going to have a black Batwoman. So she needs to be like a sister when she becomes Batwoman. It's important for her to feel like the silhouette of her could still look like that with natural textured hair and things like that. The new Batwoman, Ryan Wilder character, has a checkered past as a former drug runner who dodged the GCPD and often masked her pain with bad habits. The new Batwoman is a highly skilled and very undisciplined fighter. And she's also an out lesbian, just as Ruby's Rose's character, Kate Kane, was on the show. And this set out for early 2021 i hate that i hate that combination of she's she's wildly undisciplined but a disciplined fighter but she's an undisciplined fighter but she's a talented disciplined fighter i mean do you remember how they first described her where she's like funny quirky (laughs) but at the same time she'll rob you blind and slice your throat she's violent Uh... violently funny but also relatable and good with kids and also not <laughs> any of those things. What if she just turns out to become like a female version of Two Face because she's just so polar opposite. It just sounds like someone's making like they interviewed the cafeteria worker and they're just like <laughs> <laughs> they put some adjectives on a dartboard and they're just throwing them off. <laughs> it's God. so bad. This show. Also, the textured hair silhouette. What is that comment? What does that mean? What does it uh, mean? Just to show to like embrace, you know, like the culture. She's she's gonna have black woman hair, but it's gonna be the same silhouette as the straight hair. Yeah, that's not even Ruby nice. Rose's hair. It's a it's fake hair. <laughs> Can't she just wear the wig? <laughs> what is happening? I don't know. <laughs> they don't this, know what they're talking about. <laughs> show has been a train wreck. Like since. It started. I watched all of season one. Part one was. I'm so sorry for you. It, part one, like, I didn't have high hopes. I was like, I kind of went in with low expectations. I was like, okay, where's the show going? And part one 
was interesting. It really did flesh out her as a character. Her relationship with Alice was compelling. And then her relationship with her stepsister that she, she was dealing with her dad. Yet her dad's actor sucks and he can't act. I'm sorry. It's not just a dad. Oh, God, I hate him. Um, and then you got the whole crisis happening. And her character in that crossover was really good i liked her yeah. budding friendship with supergirl and i was looking forward to them exploring that more and other crossovers then part two came in and was like you know all the f- good stuff that we had planned out in se- the beginning of season one fuck it it's just no one cares and i'm like did they know I'm so at this glad point that we can have she was gonna leave two, uh, two different opinions about the same topic because me and V are on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. She killed, she killed Batman. <laughs> She's a she was terrible in the crossover. What are you talking about? She was a Besides, terrible person. Okay, no, like okay, that that okay, that Batman was a terrible person. People kill people. Grow up. I know. <laughs> but besides that, like I completely, I completely forgot about that. I didn't. I also didn't forget about the fact that she can't throw batarangs because they're not calibrated made for, for her arms. Yes. That was. <laughs> but this show just needed to get canceled. And also the fact that her and Bruce are the same age, but Batman was around when she was a child. Yeah. Look, you gotta expect at some point. There's why. Why do we gotta expect it? <laughs> <laughs> at some point there's gonna be some things that don't make sense because it's just tv you mean the entirety of the show yeah i watched the pilot Agreed, i gave the, the beginning pilot was okay full attention because I, I i had to i tried and i did not watch anything since except for where recap videos would be of these other people that are pausing it and discussing all the crazy things that are going on yeah. in this show. I think my main problem is, is every single season of this show gonna start with some member of the Bat family just going missing? Like, we still don't know what happened to Bruce. That's true! They still haven't told us where Bruce is. They still haven't been like, hey, this is what happened to him. This is why he's been gone. And that was Kate's job. She was supposed to figure out where her, her cousin went. And now Kate's missing. They went, well, she found him. But also the fact that like, they're like, we don't want to kill off our gays, so instead she's uh, going on an expedition. God, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they don't want to get trapped I mean, in that. That is, an overused, that is an overused trope that they're constantly, yeah, like, the bury the gays. every time there's a gay character, we're just gonna... But look, they gave you a new but... one. It's like, they killed your dog, <laughs> but they bought you a puppy, so you should just be thankful. God. <laughs> And this one's apparently going to have different hair, but the hair is going to have the same silhouette as hair that's different than the hair that's going to have the same silhouette. But you know what? She is going to have her own calibrated batterings. Oh, so yes. So we can skip over that whole plot. God. The one thing that just really, because besides all of the ridiculousness about her characters, the one thing that made me go, you're just really trying to push this plot to actually work and it's going to train wreck so hard more than season one did and 
I was just gonna give it the season one like bumps that like Flash had, Arrow had, like all the shows had a bit of a rocky start to begin with. Like there were some things that you're like, um, she will ironically ultimately unite the Kane family because apparently she has connections with them, and you're like, no. How the heck is she going to unite the family when Kate couldn't? Like, right. Uh, I wonder uh, if the songs are still going to be ironically fused to the situations. I would not be surprised. I, I'm not going to watch this at all. I'm just going to watch it crumble <laughs> from the sidelines. I'm not going to I'm watch done. It. <laughs> I'm done with this. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch the hell out of it. I want to. <laughs> I want to see someone. But you love to watch these things. You love to watch like the bad the room. entertainment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm in that group. But like, listen, I don't like bad. I like extreme disaster. Okay, and it just it crosses that Train threshold back. and it just stays there and it's like right in my sweet spot. Like, I mean, like I like to scream at the TV. That moment when she like <laughs> says, do. "Oh, I can't get the the battering to." to work and then she throws it at a child to knock like a pearl out of the child's hand <laughs> i screamed <laughs> like or like when that one cat burglar whatever her name is uh i think it was magpie like, magpie and when mm-hmm. kate like shoots a grappling hook at her and pulls her off like a 10-story building into the fountain i i screamed then <laughs> like those sorts of things like i'm there for that so if they can give me this this enigma of a new Batwoman who is like <laughs> contradicting herself in every characteristic I'm excited so good job uh, Carolyn Dries uh, showrunner of Batwoman I'm glad I'm glad they're keeping you on I, I want to see what comes next I'm, I'm here for your vision <laughs> I mean I'm also probably gonna watch it just to just to see what happens because like Our people are horrible you and i need to you people and... are the reason why <laughs> these shows stay on you, you i'm not even gonna waste to, my like, time notes. okay come on <laughs> if you see a walking train wreck about to happen and you know i get out it, of the way i get out of the way I too get out of the way. i get out of the I way hide. to a safe distance with some popcorn in the lawn chair <laughs> 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 That's what we're gonna call these now. They're called lawn chair series, and uh, we're gonna oh we're gonna enjoy it together. Yep, <laughs> we're gonna sit there with some nice warm popcorn and watch to see if it surprises us and isn't as bad, or if it's the the bad that we are expecting. Exactly, <laughs> the the you fun two bad. Can have fun with that. I will be perfectly safe in my own little abode, not. Losing my brain. Says the guy who enjoys the Gotham High readings. <laughs> it's the same thing. Um, the readings and the jokes that go along with them, and the voices that are used to portray these see, characters, a, are what enlighten. It's the same thing, but you're provo- providing the commentary for a lawn chair series. You're the one with oh, the I jokes. I don't like my own commentary. Okay. That's why I, do <laughs> so I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> Well said. <laughs> Thank you. And speaking of more bad television, DC Universe's Titan season three uh, somehow got a season three. 
The only thing that's really came out is that we are getting Barbara Gordon, Batgirl, but she's not Batgirl, and Jonathan Crane, Scarecrow. Barbara is actually going to be police commissioner, hmm. and she will no longer be Batgirl. Does she have a pass as Batgirl? We don't know, but she has a pass with Dick Grayson. <laughs> and we are getting the return of Jason Todd as Red Hood. Woo. This skinny, slender little kid <laughs> oh. is going to play big, tall, meaty, power thighs <laughs> Jason Todd Red Hood. You're not wrong. He does have very powerful thighs. <laughs> it's going to be so bad. But also what I thought was interesting I'm still not watching this show. I, I gave up after the first parts of season two that Jonathan Crane, he's still going to be an inmate at Arkham Asylum. So he definitely has a past as Scarecrow, but they're going to be using him as a consult with the GCPD huh. for whatever crimes are going on. Okay. So <laughs> this is one of those shows mm. where I watch it and I'm mostly on my phone the whole time. <laughs> Except for times when I'm almost hopeful good characterization is going to happen. And I'm sitting here hearing that, like, Scarecrow's going to be a problem, except he's still locked up. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, so they're going to be using his psychologist background, right? And look, I'm all I've heard so far is that I'm getting content of both of my boys who are, you know, Riddler and Scarecrow, because I, I care about them a lot. But I'm also scared for both of them, because both of these things are going to be in. I don't know how they're going to be characterized. I'm hoping that it's what I'm thinking, and that, mm. like, Scarecrow's going to be getting in the head of these GCPD people while they're using him as a consultant, because, like, that's something very within his, like, capabilities. I mean, if he's locked up, he could, you know, he very well could do that. He could use his psychological training the way he usually does in the comics by not just using fear toxin all the time but you know messing with people it's a bad idea and it sounds like it's barbara's <laughs> idea if she's the commissioner which yep, i haven't seen yes. except in lego batman lego batman exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently one of the main lead cast is getting written off the show it's it's probably gonna be Hawk because his character uh, his character's trying to back out of the superhero stuff and I think the actor's kind of busy with something so everyone's pretty sure that he's gonna be the one that's gonna be leaving the Good show. Good for him because I liked him as Aquaman better. Yeah. Smallville. I also wouldn't be surprised if Beast Boy's actor backs out because I know he was like super pumped oh, Ryan Potter. yeah i know he was super pumped and he like he auditioned to be nightwing like he's a huge comic yeah. book nerd and yeah. then seeing how not only have they just ruined all of these characters that i know he's beloved but they messed up his character like oh my gosh me? they messed up every single character that but yeah but not just um he didn't he didn't just cast to be nightwing but he Originally, like when they heard about Titans, he wanted to play specifically Tim Drake, and oh. he showed a whole parkour video <laughs> of him with a bow staff and oh, everything. No. That he got shot to play Tim Drake. And he oh, doesn't even do God. any martial arts. Well, no, they did have him like training against Raven, and that was the only time you ever see him using martial arts. And another mm. reason they could be writing him off is that the, they don't have the budget for his animal CGI. Like, you mean his one animal? Yeah, his one animal, <laughs> and you're like, this is dumb. It's a Tragedy. dumb reason for money, and you barely see him 
use any of that in season two because they didn't have money. So I would not be surprised he was also one of the candidates for leaving. Well, the thing is, I like most of the casting in this show. Like, I love him as an actor. I love a lot of the other actors in their parts. I feel like if the writing was different, that they would do so good. Seems like a very common uh, situation. Yeah. Yeah. Although I heard (laughs) in the Titans panel, apparently they touched on the tone. Because a lot of the fans have been complaining, like, relentlessly. Can you please make it less edgy? And I think I remember hearing that they're going to try to make this season, like, actually closer to the tone the Titans really have. But I'm not getting my hopes up. I literally, this is another lawn chair show. That's going to be a complete, like, 180 from the show it is. Yeah. You can't just go from, like, this dark, edgy thing and then all of a sudden it's going to be sunshine every single day. Well, it's probably not going to be, like, the Teen Titans cartoon but closer to maybe how the titans are in the comics where yeah they're they're still serious they're still dealing with serious problems but it's not like uh, i have a dark and jaded past i'm a rogue Fuck like literally thing. like everyone's the, the the stupid rogue archetype like can we stop with the dark and shady past guys like you can't all be chaotic neutral <laughs> <laughs> you have other layers besides getting stupid duck into one archetype like that's the problem that they have is they're not allowing these characters to really flourish whatsoever yeah. and you have great source material you have as you mentioned great actors or promising actors and mm-hmm. they gave us nothing it, they just fall so flat like jason Listen. hitting the car at the beginning of season two i hated season one with a passion i hated it i stuck around for season two because of donna troy Mm, because i thought she was great yeah dove and because superboy yeah and then i saw what they did to him i'm not a fan of what they did to him and then i stopped watching the show yeah because i am not here to torture myself to just hopefully see possible character development that I know is never going to come yeah. from a show like this. Nope. I think after all of the like fandoms I've been in where something starts off good or something has promise and then it just turns into a train wreck, I'm so Voltron. desensitized. Yeah, Voltron. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> I was literally talking about Voltron. I feel, <laughs> um, I, I feel like I'm so in the right mindset for these like lawn chair shows where the writing sucks i'm hoping it gets better but i'm not hoping hard enough to get my hopes up that it gets better <laughs> Pretty much. Say, don't hold your breath yeah it's literally i'm just watching it and the whole time i'm sitting there for the very few moments where they're in character and then a thing i've mentioned before i feel like it it doesn't feel right without roy and wally there because the fab five the original five titans they are each other's foundation and so like half the stuff that dick has been doing in this show i feel like would have been prevented with the tag team of donna and wally staying on his case to keep him from screwing up this badly yeah because they're his foundation they're his support team and the fact that he doesn't have both of them, not only does he not have both of them, 
Donna wasn't really no, there for most of the first season. And, and, and it's like she was there for two. And then episodes. was hardly and it's like, even a support system for him in season two because yeah. she was so angrily adamant about everything to do with Doctor Light because they 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 killed Aqualad and you're like, girl, calm down. Like you have to protect people. That's the worst thing that he did in that show. He but they didn't keep the backstory of why Titans hate Doctor Light from the actual <laughs> comics. <laughs> Identity crisis. <laughs> this is very much like a lonely Dick Grayson. He's never this alone in the comics. Like he always has support systems. He always has people he cares about around him to make sure that he doesn't screw up this badly. And it's like very upsetting watching him be this like lonely and he is a character so full of warmth and hope surrounded by love and he's 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 batman for all intents and purposes mm-hmm. we'll see what happens i mean i won't see because i'm not watching this at all like <laughs> you guys can see so the last uh bit of news that i have for dc fandom which was a really good one probably my yes. favorite one is milestone comics so uh for those of you who may not know milestone comics had a lot of black characters in the comic universe dc and them had a merger in the 90s and it was called worlds collide where they brought some of these characters like icon rocket static shock famously into the dc universe and so DC is in talks of relaunching the Milestone Comics title in February 2021. Yes. They're also talking about not just a live action Static Shock movie, but they're also talking about films, uh, TV, animated podcasts, question mark, and young adult novels for other Milestone Hmm. characters. So they are... Planning on relaunching this in February 2021. Makes sense. Black History Month. And also, a new Static Shock digital series is due for February 2021. Followed by a Static Shock original graphic novel from uh, Reggie Hoodlin. And the artist is Kyle Baker. And a return of heroes such as Icon and Rocket in a series which is also written by Hoodlin. And Static Shock was one of my favorite television shows that i grew up watching Mm -hmm. alongside justice league and batman beyond and whatnot i watched that religiously i watched it from his original costume design with just the purple glasses and then when they redid the entire series and they added some yellow and white and stuff to his costumes i love that he's coming back because i know that they brought him back for rebirth but his run i think was only six issues yeah it didn't do good And now that they are literally pulling out all the stops for Static Shock with a graphic novel, a digital series, and this live-action movie that they are in serious talks with. Oh, I'm so happy. Virgil's one of my favorite heroes. There's just something wholesome about this guy. He kind of has like a Spider-Man, Peter Parker vibe. A little yeah. bit, yeah. Um, and I'm I'm so happy that Milestone Comics are getting more love. This I, I I've been like, where's mm-hmm. Static? Like, where where's Virgil been? And I think he would make a good fit for a Teen Titans group again, or maybe I don't know, reboot and well, do a better version of Young Justice and throw him in there because I think he would work better in 
that little team? I think there are too many people in Young Justice as it is right now. <laughs> Get rid of all yeah. the business people. He currently is in the Young Justice cartoon. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we do see more of him in season four, which I believe is now confirmed that it's going to be called Young Justice Phantoms. I'm also excited, and I agree that he would make a good fit with like Teen Titans or Young Justice, and that they need to get rid of all the character roster that doesn't make sense for Young Justice. Like, I adore Amethyst. I have the whole like giant volume of her original <laughs> comics, but she doesn't belong in Young Justice. No. She's one of the like. She makes sense in like. Justice League Dark or other magic based series because her whole thing is that she's like a fantasy character she's a magic character she's too busy trying to fix her home planet to have time for these team building exercises <laughs> you're right like, it'd be cool seeing a new lineup if Static's in it I also very much loved that show as a kid when it was airing I was in front of that television <laughs> yep he deserves all this clout. He deserves every ounce of love that's coming his way. And I'm so excited for him. What do you think, Faye? You've been quiet. Um, I got my hopes up about Black Lightning and the Outsiders, and I was hurt. <laughs> so I'm hoping that Static does well, but you have to give him to someone who likes the character and not just... And honestly, I haven't seen that much of Static Shock outside of the cartoon. So I'm the least qualified to talk about him. Um, I've heard about Milestone Comics. Um, you know, even on them, I don't really have an opinion. So, like, if it's mm. good, it's good, you know? Good writing is without borders. It doesn't matter who the character is to start. If you're a good writer, you can take clay and make bricks. So I want, mm -hmm. I want it to be good, but there's all sorts of stuff coming out and so it could go either way and that's one of the few i'm not gonna like be like ah, oh, i'm gonna make a prediction because i honestly have no idea it could be really really great or it could be like mm -hmm. super disappointing <laughs> dc does seem like they are trying to go back to their roots now that didio hasn't been uh with dc for a while and speaking of, because Jim Lee did a whole Q&A thing, and of course a lot of these talks came about with the 5G initiative, what's going on with that. And he officially confirmed that if you had your hopes up for 5G and a giant universal reboot, forget it, because it's not Ooh. happening. Yeah! So they are just going to be focusing on the titles that they have currently. They are not trying to do any giant changes. Confused cheers. Which is amazing. <laughs> like, on the one hand, you're like, well, all right, good, I guess. We don't have to go through that emotional mm -hmm. struggle again. But on the other hand, oh no. So, <laughs> Like, what What can they do to the damage? All the stuff they did to Superman. Yeah. <laughs> so his identity is still mm. known. Good news, people. I had tears streaming down my face. I was doing the biggest happy dance I've ever done in my life. I was ready to go to the alcohol store and buy a bottle of champagne. <laughs> so you know just how much I drink. I called it the alcohol store. <laughs> 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 but <laughs> Brian Michael Bendis is nearing his end on both Superman and Action Comics this december of 2020 <laughs> so i can end this year happily 
before getting struck by the meteor. No, nope, that's not yep. how it works. The meteor is coming first. I can hope. You may die before <laughs> Bendis gets off Superman. I'm sorry. You can at least celebrate in November because the beginning of November is the last issue of Young Justice. Yes, entirely. Not even just a new writer thing. No, it's just it's the, done. the whole series is canceled. It's canceled. The evil has been defeated. All these characters are slowly going to be branching out into the other titles where they'll be staying. So Tim is going to be staying in Gotham. And with Tinian. Be staying with Central City. <laughs> with Tinian. Tinian will just take his boy and cradle him and pet his head. <laughs> he likes Tinian. I read this article. It says Action Comics 1028 is the last issue for Bendis on that. And Superman 28 is the last issue for Ben to All both <laughs> happening mid-December. And I am so happy. We don't know who the new writer okay, is going to be. Scott. I hope it could be Venditti. Because even though I haven't really been the biggest fan of his uh, Justice League run, like I said too when we discussed our summer reading, I'm a huge fan of his Superman in um, Superman Man of Tomorrow. Even though it's just like a little digital series and it's just like, Usually one shots, but they are amazing. He really does have those things down pat. I would love for them to bring back some of the 2000s or 90s writers, but I know that's not happening. But yes, I needed to share that news because I was not going to be able to wait until this weekend when we record our other episode to talk about it. But with that, guys, we completely discussed the entirety of the dc fandom online experience so final thoughts what did you think do you think this was good of dc to do is this something that you would want to see more of or i think it was a good substitute for what they were planning on showing at comic-con i think that's pretty much what this was and i'm happy they gave us this information surprised marvel slash disney hasn't done anything yet but at the same time I think they don't want to say anything because everything's so up in the air that they don't want to mm. announce release dates or anything else like that. They they want this all to get behind us before they say, all right, this is when things are happening. I thought it was really cool because like, there's obviously been everybody's missing cons and stuff right now. <laughs> Them just dropping everything on us like this within two different 24-hour periods is, like, really neat. Uh, my only problem is that usually I'm not very free on, like, weekends, and I think both days were Saturdays, so I had to try to find everything on YouTube mm -hmm. after the fact. But, yeah, it was really cool, and I'm pretty excited for everything that was announced, so... I think it was extremely innovative. You know, it had its problems. They had some downtime, like when I kept checking in. They were playing like <laughs> games, like sort of mm -hmm. like a family feud. It a yeah, game. it was. Yeah. It was. It, it was okay. Mm -hmm. So they were doing a lot of celebrity stuff. But the the point of it is that, in the absence of cons, they still have to get their information out. Taking control mm -hmm. and making a virtual space where people can log in and get 24-hour access to a live feed, to a stream of information, and let's face it, DC propaganda was a really good start. How I would like to see them expand it, since it is on their own website, they should have a sort of a virtual experience, kind of like you would at a con, where they would have, you know how Disney Channel has games? They can have people yeah. participate in games, um, they could 
do special drop boxes on their like DC Universe video game uh, online. They can um, release loot box type things and even as rewards for participating in trivia or whatever online. They can do add-ons, they can even make prizes that are physical that you can get mailed, they can make digital prizes, they can give you a digital gift bag when you show up just for appearing. They could give you special stuff like uh, how the Overwatch leagues do when people watch the, the mm. actual leagues themselves. Yeah. So like there are all sorts of ways to make it more interactive, to make sure that they're getting those views and getting their numbers up and sort of becoming sort of more, <laughs> I was going to say more powerful, so they can kind of like extend their reach. <laughs> Um, because they are still in competition with uh, the mouse who shall not be named and <laughs> that's a really hard Mighty. place to be so I think the more they can be innovative and and creative with their approach to dealing with their fans one on one I think that's going to help them out I would really like to see it next year even if they do have cons I think mm -hmm. like having exclusive content just for their fans is a really great way to go um, normally, I don't really like this kind of propaganda, the the, the, the constant ads <laughs> and trailers, and they're like, this is what you came to con for, right? Exclusive peaks of our trailers that we were going to release tomorrow anyways, and you're like, not really, no. I wanted to see, you know, artists and talk to creators and pick their brain about different things. For a person like me, who is not really into actors or trailers, something they could have done as well is have some exclusive like I don't really want to say Q&A's but a lot of people talking about their process maybe mm. film by film having people volunteer to talk about how they went about uh, creating something even something that was already released would be good because they have a whole backlog of creators to draw from and I think those sorts of things would draw in people who are casuals Okay, now I'm done. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I'm glad that you gave that much information. I mean, like, I really did enjoy it. I feel like that was a really good experiment for them to do. And especially, like, even with the pandemic pause on the publication, DC was the first one to kind of, like, push those boundaries of, like, no, we need to we need to get our stuff out there. And they, they did it before Marvel there. And they also did it again with, like, these online conventions. And I definitely also feel that we got a lot more content this way than we would have at any convention, New York or San Diego or whatever. And that's also why like they didn't really take part in their little like online convention stuff. Cause they're like, no, we, we got our own thing. We're releasing all our stuff. It's 24 hours because we want to hit every single time zone in the world to get as much of this information as possible. And on their websites, they have recaps of these major things that went down, which I feel like is also really great for people that couldn't get around to watching this live hi and like <laughs> says the person who works on the weekend there was a little bit of a lull in some of the moments and it doesn't seem like everybody was on the same page when me and v were watching part one we jumped in on the suicide squad panel and they were doing like the weird family feud game like v was saying and it doesn't it looked like they were all on a zoom call and nobody knew what was really going on and they had like a general prompt of what they were supposed to do, but they don't know what's what teams or whatever. It was just very miscombobulated there. So I feel like this was a great test run 
and I feel like they can learn a lot from what they've done so far and potentially for the future if they want to do their own con stuff as well as continuing this fandom thing I think that would be pretty cool because they can release more into people that can't go to these cons or you know and the way things are going right now with the pandemic people who don't really feel safe enough to go to a convention especially because you get that con sickness once in a while yeah. con crud plus the con hangover because you only slept two hours in the past five days and you wake up the day after con ends and you immediately crash for like at yeah. least half the day mm-hmm. well that's a good point too though like as a cosplayer like how would they make this attractive to you um mm-hmm. yeah that is true and then also you know as someone who sometimes tables at events and like sells art and stuff it's really difficult with these online cons where it's just panels because it's like i'm not making any income off of this mm-hmm. right and that's what a lot of the, the comic artists said, too, that couldn't really be there at these types of events. And with the cosplayers, the fandom actually, like, you know, they would say, like, hey, we're looking for any cosplayers um, dressing up as Cyborg or as Raven. And just go ahead, Ooh. submit us your videos, your pictures, yeah. whatever. And they shared them on their, their social media. They shared them on, like, the DC fandom thing. For all the different cosplayers, which I thought that was a really cool way yeah. to kind of get that in. But that is really cool that they decided to do that, because I know a lot of these online conventions aren't really finding a way to, like, showcase cosplays and fan arts. I know Dragon Con had just had its online event happening, and they wound up, instead of doing, like, a reshow of one of the old parades, they had fans send in home videos so that it felt like a parade. And I think that sort of thing is really, more of these events can learn from that, like, in advance warning the fans, like, months in advance so they can prepare. Hey, we're going to be doing this event. We want you to send your stuff in. Yeah, I, th- I think in the future, like, they-, they have a bunch of notes that they can go off of from this experience. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what the next year brings. But that is all we got to say. I hope that you enjoyed this episode, and we will be having a regular episode this weekend. But before we sign off, E, where are some places that people can find you at? I am creative idiot E, all one word, usually no capitals, on uh, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, pretty much. I think it's the same on, like, Gumroad and everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, e, it was a pleasure to have you on with us. I'm so glad that you were able to make it. And I do hope that you can come back again for another episode in the future. And for everyone else, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and YouTube at Court of Outlets. Let us know which comic you want us to cover next week. And make sure to stay up to date with our latest episodes by subscribing to the podcast on Anchor, Apple, Google, Spotify, and everywhere else you may listen to your podcasts. So take care, guys. Bye.